0: Hey, everyone, welcome to the Women Talk Construction podcast, where we discuss women in construction and other non-typical careers. My name is Christy Powell, and I'm with my co-host, Angela Gardner. Thanks for joining us today. All right, today we have Monica Wheaton with us, and she's going to talk to us a little bit about ACI and her family-run business. How she got into the industry, how I met Monica was at IBS, which if you don't know what that is, that's the International Builder Show in Florida. And we actually had been introduced by our host, Build Exact, and we got to be on an Instagram live while we were at IBS and we instantly became friends. We could tell it's funny how you just know that when you meet someone and they smile and you smile, it's like, oh, I think I'm going to like her. (laughs) <laughs> so that's kind of how um, how it went for Monica and I. And afterwards, we talked and just wanted to make sure that we stayed connected. And then we lost connection during crazy times and got to connect again recently. So we're really excited to have her on today. I'm really excited to talk to her again, kind of in person, but really on Zoom. And I'm going to let Angela talk about her bio because she has a very interesting and um, insightful biography on, uh,
1: you know, where she's at and what she's doing right now. So we're about to talk to Monica Wheaton, Director of Customer Success with over 25 years of providing support for the home building industry. Monica has a vast experience in strategic leadership, marketing, and customer support. Prior to coming to ECI, Monica worked at a family partnership and oversaw the relationship management team to grow membership and increase participation and in return for members. As a Director of Customer Success for the Residential Home Construction Division at ECI, Monica is focused on supporting our clients by identifying the resources and support they need to be successful in meeting their goals using ECI products. Welcome, Monica. Thank you. (laughs) Happy to be here. So the first thing we like to ask is kind of how you got into the industry. How do you got into this world? So share with us just a little, you know, idea of what that looked like. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So how did I get it? I
2: was actually born in this industry, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> so um, my parents um, have been consultants in the industry. They're Chuck and Emma Shin for over 50 years. And so kind of while I was growing up, I would travel with them as they were doing their management consulting and working with builders and things like that. And so, you know, I went to school and after after I graduated from college, I came back and worked for them for a little bit. But having grown up in the industry, I didn't want to stay here. So I actually then went to grad school and did some international work for a while. But then when I had my son, I actually came back um, because my parents offered me a position that I couldn't refuse working from home with a little bit of flexible hours. So I can kind of stay at home with my son and then actually do some real challenging things in the industry too. So, and uh, I've been here ever since. So it's about 17 years since I came back to the industry.
1: Oh, wow. And loving every minute, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. pretty much, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, how many women
0: um, would you say are in your industry?
2: So, it's I sit in an interesting place right now because not only are we in the home building industry, is where I currently um, sit, but I'm also in software. Um, And so typically women are very underrepresented in both of those industries. And so um, I've been very fortunate with ECI to where I'm now in the, on the management team for the residential construction division. And so I sit as the only woman on our team right now with our group, uh, which I, I appreciate very, very much. Yeah. So yeah, not very many women in software or home building.
0: Right. Right. So you found your seat at the table. Yes. You may have pulled it up yourself, right? (laughs) Sometimes (laughs) I think that's how we do it. And you are a leader and I know that you're a leader. I probably could have pegged that before I knew a lot about you, just in your demeanor and the way you treat people. And I love that. And I'm sure that that comes from ECI from the top down. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So what advice do you have for girls and the younger generation? about getting into the software slash construction field?
2: So what I really found is that a lot of women undersell themselves, right? Or Mm -hmm. feel like they don't belong. And so a lot of being able to get ahead is that confidence. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't have it, you still need to portray the confidence that, that you matter and that you have a voice and that what you say is important because nobody else is going to do that for you or to ask you really, you know, and I would say for women coming into the industry, I think it's very important for you to understand that, you know, the education and the background and the knowledge that you have is unique and you should add your voice, right. And not Mm -hmm. not be apologetic for it. I would also recommend for women coming into the industry to look for other women in the industry as well. Yeah. People who've been there and sort of done that, right. Um, because they can provide some really good advice, and and to actually try different things, like go into a meeting and sit back and f- see how that feels, and then go into the next meeting and don't sit back and see how that feels, and just challenge yourself. Maybe you say one thing, maybe you say two things, maybe you try to run the meeting. I and mean, I've been many times in a meeting. Actually, it's been kind of funny as I moved into ECI and into the position where I'm at. Some of the meetings you go into, you have to try to figure out who's at the head of the table, like mm-hmm. who's maker. And so that's one of the strategies that I've used a lot here at ECI is, okay, who's, whose call is it? Like, who's making the decisions? Because if you're not making them, then I'm going to make them, right? And so <laughs> I've done that quite a few times where I've just kind of said, you know, and not in a horrible way. I'm not trying to be demanding or it's my way or the highway, but more in a coordinated effort where mm-hmm. you're asking the opinions of everybody else. And then everybody has a discussion and then, okay, now, now what do we do? Where are we going? What's the point? Right. Yeah. Um, and then bringing it all full circle. So, yeah,
0: I think women in general are really good at that, you know, coming up with the objective, the agenda and the action item list, which is kind of a standard meeting preparation. Yeah we are good at collaborating or helping others collaborate so that we yeah. can get the best outcome out of the meeting. So I love yeah. it. I love that you say that.
2: Well, and I agree with that.
0: I think if you're like me, when we sit for, in a meeting for an hour and we haven't accomplished anything, that doesn't feel good when we walk away because that hour m- means a lot, not only to our company, but to us personally. Nowadays, time costs a lot more than money um, Mm -hmm. per se. Yes.
2: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and the other advice that I have for, for women is, um, sometimes at the meeting, they'll need to take notes. (laughs) <laughs> and I bet you know where I'm going with this one. Yes. So they'll say, all right, we need a scribe. Who's going to, who's going to take the notes at the meeting. Don't volunteer. Don't volunteer.
1: <laughs> That's don't a really good volunteer.
2: point. Make your own notes so that you know, you know what they're talking about, but don't be the scribe because you have enough uh, to deal with, which is participating in the conversation, just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm not right. saying not to be cooperative, but like traditionally and historically women have been the note takers. Mm-hmm. So oh, you know, you're at the meeting for a reason. Don't take the notes, you
0: know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I love to take notes. I'm actually taking notes right now, yeah. but, <laughs> but I do that for me because not everybody can understand my gibberish. Yes.
2: Well, and that's the thing is I agree, like take your own notes, but don't be the scribe for the meeting, mm-hmm. you know, unless you want to, unless that's what you're, you're right. good you if you meeting, feel like you that's
0: know. your role, then that's good. Right. Yeah. Yes. Or that's the role you want to be in.
2: <laughs> right? But don't do it because nobody else is going to do it. And don't do it because they're all like turn their head and look at you because you're the one sitting there, you know? In the yeah.
1: Room, so. Yeah. That's really good. Have you been it sounds like maybe you've been in that position before, it sounds like. Yeah. How did you deal with that? Then like what was the outcome? Because. We also want our listeners to hear like how we dealt with it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, absolutely. And so, and again, it's not to be confrontational and it's not to cause issue, right? It's to just take note in your head that, you know, people needed uh, somebody to take notes. So they all looked at me. And so what I've done in the past is I've said, okay, well, I'll take the notes this time, right? I'll take the notes for this meeting, um, but somebody's going to, you know, well, maybe we can do a round robin next time or somebody else can take it next time. Or when you have that next meeting, you be the one to say who's going to take the notes because that's not going to be you, right?
1: <laughs> oh,
0: very insightful. So we talked about this a little bit earlier. You have a lot of passion. So where does that passion come from, Monica, for you and your role and what you're doing right
2: now in the world? Well, for me personally, I'm very much, I really enjoy Uh, making a difference and and building a community and um, working with people to get the best results. And so I'm I'm just very passionate about um, even like processes and things like that and Mm. making sure we're, we're doing things smartly. And so it really feeds a lot of the things that I do. I'm always looking for, you know, collaboration. I appreciate and enjoy differences and hearing quiet voices too, because I know when I was younger, you know, I would be that quiet person in the room and I wouldn't say anything unless I was asked. Or even like when you go to these events, you go to a, a, a party or a brunch or something like that and you meet up with people and then you see all the people who know each other just gather and they they don't really include you. And it's not that they don't want to include you, it's just that they don't necessarily think about it. So I always try to think about it because I don't like being mm. that person that's not included, right? So I always try to you know hear that silent voice or reach out to that person who's maybe quieter and things like that. And so my... That's a lot of where I guess my passion comes from. Is because I've sort of seen it, and I've been there, and I I just want to make sure that other people are not feeling left
1: out. Oh, no. now I know why you are attracted to her. Yes, <laughs> she reminds me of Rachel. You know Rachel yes. does that. So
0: that's, <laughs> that's
1: an awesome. incredible
0: testimony. Yes, to being uncomfortable too, though. Mm-hmm. So your uncomfortableness has led you to be in a better place to help people that are in the place that you are in. And I think that's an incredible testimony to, you know, make a difference, people, right? Make a difference. People are committed and they're connected and they're consistent. And sometimes we have to fail or sometimes we have to feel uncomfortable or sometimes we have to be out of the box before we realize that that's a need that other people have. I love that about you, Monica. The other thing you said earlier that really struck a chord with me, I want to talk about just a little bit more, is the importance of being a good example. And Angela and I do talk about mentoring a lot, but right now we're going to go to a commercial break and then we'll be right back. And here's a note from our sponsor, ECI Software Solutions. Within the residential building and construction industry, ECI Software Solution offers an integrated suite of cloud-based management solutions specifically tailored to their specific markets with the goal of supporting small and medium-sized companies to improve profitability, reduce construction costs, shorten schedules, and increase sales. Thank you, ECI Software Solutions, for supporting women Talk construction and the future of our workforce. Let's elaborate on that last part about making a difference um, for others in your space. What do you think about Angela and I are really, really advocates of mentoring and really encouraging people to be mentors, whether it be um, organic or whether it be intentional and being a mentor is not, you know, it's not something that has to be written down on paper and you don't have to do it every Tuesday at noon or, or something like (laughs) that. I think that's what people generally think about, but you, it sounds like your passion is also the same. Um, Do you do any mentoring now? And what, what would that look like for you um, if you were to do some mentoring? Tell us a little bit about what you think about that.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, And I wouldn't necessarily call it mentoring, you know, because like you said, the mentoring falls into this, box mm-hmm. of definition, but I do work a lot like with my staff and even people within the industry to challenge them. Right. Um, And so, you know, there's many, many things that I do that I really like to do. Like um, I host a lot of webinars and I've been doing it mm. since 2007. I did it weekly at one point. So probably over like five or 600 webinars and I, and I appreciate, and I enjoy doing it, leading panels, that kind of thing. Mm. But that's such a great opportunity for people to stretch and grow and at a a very low risk kind of thing. So just as an example, what I, what I do is I try to challenge my staff that like, you can do that. Like, why can't you just lead the webinar? And so anytime that I, I can step back and let somebody else do, that's what I'll do. And then even like on some of the tasks and jobs that we have, I'll pass them to my staff and I'll say, okay, now you've got this. And I'm your support, so you're taking full control. And you know you have to trust that people mean to do well, and that they are going to succeed. But be prepared for them to fail, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and not fail in a bad way, but fail in a way that maybe they didn't know as much as they thought they did, or maybe they need a, you know another little bit of support. And so. I think by doing that, it's kind of giving people the experience and, and helping to mentor them, right? And giving them the direction of, okay, here's what we need done. Here's the way to do it. You do it your own way. I'm here for support, right? You yes. tell me, you toss things at me and then I'll kind of, you know, and if I see them kind of going in a, in a weird way, then we'll kind of pull it back. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think, I, I do think it's very important. I think it's important to talk to people about the industry and about different opportunities they are and things like that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You allow them to be creative. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know the best way I've figured myself out. <laughs> I don't know right. the best way. To do it, right. So maybe they'll come up with a much better way to get to the end result that we're looking for, which is great. Which yes. Is great. Yes.
0: Yeah. I think that's, that's a sign of a good leader. Is there anything that you do daily or monthly, like, what do you do for yourself to be a good leader? Because we know that it's real easy to get back into our old ways of getting back in the box and being in our comfortable space. So what is it that helps your mindset get in a better place every day to be the leader, to let people be creative, to let um, your natural mentoring ability happen? Because you don't call it mentoring, but that's exactly what you're doing. You're teaching yep. others how to do things better and, and maybe their creativity will include doing things better than you were doing them before. And that's pretty awesome to find out eventually, but is there something that you do for, for yourself to be in a better place, to be able to be a good leader?
2: I, I think it's important to take time for yourself. You know, like, um, I just recently started doing that better <laughs> I <admit> to everybody. <laughs> I admit to everybody that I'm not a model for anything Me that either. has to do with like work-life balance or anything like that. And it, What is that? <laughs> that's what I said. I said, yeah. No, when I was working for my, my parents at Builder Partnerships, I, you know, because I could have a flexible schedule, work from home and raise my kids. Well, my flexible schedule ended up being wake up at two in the morning, do my work till seven, kids all day, and then catch up on emails. At night before I crashed. So I was sleeping maybe four hours a day. It was mm-hmm. insane. So now I actually sleep more, which is nice. My kids are teenagers and things, but um I really I really tried to take that time to you know just breathe basically. And uh I like to go on hikes a lot, or mm-hmm. you know, I just got a Peloton in, in December, which is silly, but I do that and then just spend time with my family, you know, kind of learning from my kids and things about things that they're doing, and so just uh Taking some time, right? right? Yeah,
0: that's really good. I love that just about everybody we've interviewed is focused on that now. And, you know, for years, nobody thought about, you know, taking time for themselves. I didn't either. But I think it's good that we're seeing, okay, like I can't even, I can't even be productive if I keep going at this rate. Like we're aware of it now and we weren't aware of it before. So mm-hmm. that's been really good. Yeah. And we need to be a good role model, right?
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, try to be anyway. Try. But yes, some yes. people that I'm not that role yes. model. I didn't do it right. So maybe they can now learn mm-hmm. from my lesson and actually-
0: I tell people all the time, don't do it like I do it because I don't sleep right and that's not a good role model
1: <laughs>
0: no. that's not a good way to do right? it no. that is not no. the way to do it do as I say not as I do but then right. you know it start working start the guilt starts working in like oh I've got right. to model this I can't just yes. talk it
2: yeah well yeah exactly well and and for me I mean I've always I, I believed a lot in flexibility and it's mm. funny because some people don't right, right. so some people, you work as nine to five and that's You're nine to five, five days a week. And that's it. And when you can't do that nine to five, especially when you start having a family Mm -hmm. as a woman, you can't do that nine to five. You have to go do pick up and drop off. And Mm -hmm. as much as you have a good relationship and a great balance with your husband and he takes 50% or whatever percent of the work you still, as a mom, have that mental weight that you have to deal with all the time. And so it's just, it's nice. Uh, I try to promote with my staff, like, please, please don't feel that commitment to the nine to five. Like I want you to get your job done, whether it's with kids or you have other things going on, please get your job done, meet your expectations and, and then we're good. Right. And mm-hmm. if you can meet your expectations and, you know, 30 hours a week, whatever, and you, you can balance things and you work smart, um, then great, because that's what I, I need from you. Right. Mm-hmm. You're not feeling challenged enough? We can put more on your plate, but please, yeah. when you need, right mm-hmm.
0: to do it. And if you can, if you're you're super smart and you can get your job done in four hours a day, as long as the expectations are met and the return on investment is great and the department is growing, that's a no brainer. Yeah, exactly. We're getting what we
2: need from you, and you you have all that time. Yeah. So, what's a typical day for
0: you look like? Can I ask? <laughs>
2: yeah, sure. <laughs> So I have two teenagers. Um, one is 17 or 16 and the other one's 15. And so um, I do wake up early still. It's four o'clock in the morning and I ride my Peloton. Uh, my 17 year old wakes up at, well, sorry, I keep saying 17, 16. He wakes up at like 5.15 and starts getting ready for the day because he's in band. So he has to be at school by six in the morning, mm. which is crazy. And growing up, I realized how important it is to be present for teens um, in the morning. So they don't want to talk to you. They don't really even necessarily want to see you. They just want to know that you're there, which like kind of boring, but whatever. So I'm there. So I finish my Peloton and I just go up and I'm just there, you know, checking emails and that kind of stuff. And then he goes off to school at six and then wakes up my 15 year old. So we get him ready and off to school by, you know, 715. And then I'm back at work and I pretty much work the rest of the day on and off and you know, meetings pretty much all day and then catch up on emails. So when my younger son comes home, we actually sit down at the table um, to do homework together. And so nice. he will work on his homework and I'll just catch up on my emails. And so we'll just have that time together. We have a little <laughs> routine where we, <laughs> we eat chicken nuggets. He gets all this hot sauce and so we nice with our <laughs> chicken nuggets and eat our snack and then kind of go about the night from there. That's
0: but- so fun.
1: I know those little
0: moments like mean so much to our kids too. And really they mean a lot more to us than we think they do. Yes, Yes. they do. Mm -hmm. That's true. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. So (laughs) you are a leader in your industry and you're a female. And I hope that your story has resonated with some young people who think that they might have thought that this was not an option for them. And flexibility wasn't an option and being a leader in a software construction industry wasn't an option. So I think it's going to really be great for young folks to hear it. And even um, folks our age to hear it that might be working three jobs and can't make ends meet, you know, you can do it too. They can see it. They can believe it and they can do it too. So I got one more question to ask, and it sounds like you have fun doing everything, but... What do you do for fun other than ride your Peloton, enjoy chicken nuggets with your son (laughs) and being present with your other son in the morning?
2: I like to go. I am. I, I like to go scuba diving. Actually, nice. So yeah, we just got my kids went and got certified um, a few years ago, and so we go out as a family up here in the Pacific Northwest, which it's very cold, but we wear dry suits, and so you have to wear like your long underwear and your dry suit, so you really don't even get wet other than your you know head and your hands and your feet. Yeah. Um But yeah, it's a really good way to do it. We actually went diving in Mexico um, in February, and that was so nice because the water's warm and all we have to do is put on our, you know, our suits and things and, and no dry suits or long underwear. It was great.
0: <laughs> I bet that's fun to do as a family.
2: Yes. Yeah. it's pretty fun. Yeah.
0: That fun. sounds like I've always wanted to do that and I've never done that. Like, oh yeah. I put that on my bucket list.
2: Yeah. You'll have to give it a, a try for sure.
0: But I'm going where <laughs> the water's warm.
2: Yes. I would recommend that. <laughs> Well, thank you so
0: much for sharing with us today. And if there's anything that we can do to help you and, you know, just share workforce opportunities in your sector of business, we would love to help you. And we can't thank you enough for being on
1: and sharing your journey with us.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And thank you guys too. It's been really fun talking. I've enjoyed it. Mm -hmm.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Monica.
0: Well, that's all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Women Talk Construction Podcast with your hosts, Christy Powell and Angela Gardner. See you next time.